finding that contentment and that joy in the day-to-day while still growing into the future. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Gather in growth. Today, I'm joined by a new friend, Kate House. Just one scroll through her Instagram feed, and I know that she and I are like on the same wavelength. She talks about habits and mindset and goals and living life with intention. And so I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. Kate, welcome to Gather in Growth. Oh my gosh, Emily, thank you so much. This is such a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation all day long. I'm so glad to be here with you. Me too. So Kate, if someone's getting to know you for the first time, would you give us a little context of who you are, where you are, and what got you to today? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kate House, and I am married to my college sweetheart. And we actually live in the small town where we first met. We met at Gettysburg College as little baby 18-year-olds, and we've been together ever since, which is just crazy. Um, And after graduation, we moved around a little bit. But after about 10 years, we moved back to Gettysburg. We call it our adopted hometown. And we came here to raise our boys. So we have a five-year-old and a four-year-old boys. They are they are just such a light. Like I just love being their mom. Um, and so I'm a stay at home mom. So by day I am chasing after these two little guys and our two pup dogs in tow. And we live in the countryside of Gettysburg PA and just really love this little slice of heaven. And this summer I'm growing my first garden here. We moved into this home a couple of years ago. So that's been really exciting. Um, and then by night, I like to say I am a podcaster. I'm a coach. I'm an educator. Um, and my entire goal And what I do is to support women in living by design and not by default. And there's a whole story behind why it is that that's what I'm passionate about. But that is what I do. It just lights me up. Um, And I love getting to just have these podcast conversations and support as many women as possible and just leaning into that intention. So you are a stay-at-home mom. You are living out in the country, which means you're my kind of people, starting your garden. You got kiddos running around by day life coach, podcaster, all the things by night. Is that always where you thought you would be? Or tell us more about like what the evolution of your journey looked like and how you even got into this work? Mm, Oh my gosh, Emily, I love that question so much. Yes, it has been a roundabout journey, but I'm so glad to be where I am. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because when I graduated from college, I had, I was a fine arts major and I love art. And so I was like, well, it's a liberal arts school, so I'll get a well-rounded education. I might as well major in something I really love. But when I was a student, I studied abroad. I spent a semester in France. It was a totally magical experience. I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I spent my time painting in the South of France. It was so idyllic. And I came back and it was so transformational that I was like, I want to help other students study abroad. So I worked in the study abroad office on campus for about a year and a half before I graduated. And then I was hired by the school that I studied abroad with to work in their U.S. office. And so I did that for a handful of years right after graduating. And 
it was the job that I was expected to do, right? It was the one that like my education supported and my experiences and my research projects and all the things, right? And it's what I thought was expected of me. And so I did that job. Best colleagues in the world, love everybody. They're still like, they're all still on my Christmas card, right? But about four years in, I just had this like stirring and calling on my heart that like, there was something else out there for me. And I felt like I was just kind of like withering away under the fluorescent lights of my office. (laughs) And, and it wasn't because anyone there was doing anything wrong. It just wasn't, I felt like somebody else could do my job and I could go do the thing that I was being called to do. The only thing was I didn't know what that thing was, (laughs) but oh my gosh, you and so many people. Right. And, and, but I am so grateful for past Kate having the gumption to be like, well, I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so at the time I had been running a lot and my hamstrings got really tight. And so I started going to yoga because I was like, well, I'm naturally like kind of athletic. This seems like a good thing to do. Right. And I fell in love. It was like the best happy accident. I fell in love with the community, with the studio, with the teachers, other students. So I started their yoga teacher program and I became a yoga teacher and I taught and I managed a studio for a couple of years. And I I absolutely loved it. And it got me out of the office setting. It got me moving my body more. I got me connecting with people in person. I was able to have that kind of that impact of supporting people in living with intention in this modality through their health as a yoga teacher. Um, But then we were living in the Chicago suburbs and we wanted to start our family. And we're like, all right, it's time to move back east closer to our family. And when we moved, I got pregnant right away. And Emily and I were talking before we hit record. I was super sick during my pregnancies. Like it was not good. And there was no way I could have taught a yoga class. <laughs> and, yeah. and right before we moved, I had started training to become a holistic health coach because mm. I had students who wanted to work one-on-one, who wanted to take their journey a step further. And I was like, I would love to be that person, but let me make sure I'm credentialed to do so, right? So, so I can support you in a healthy and a safe way. So I completed my health coach training. And from there, I started working with clients one-on-one. And in that season of life, I started working again remotely for the study abroad program I had worked with before, but this time I was able to work remotely. Um, My little one was in daycare and that was a really great season and it supported some financial goals we had for ourselves. But then again, I felt that calling on my heart that was like, but Kate, you were so close to figuring out that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And so when my second son was born after my maternity leave, I was like, okay, for reals this time, (laughs) I'm really going to stay home with the boys. So I've been home with them ever since May of 2019. And that about one year later was when I started the podcast. And that was really the thing that brought forward all these different pieces that I've been working on. I I had learned customer customer support and website building in my first job. I had learned how to lead a group of people and to to do it and show up scared, right? Through teaching yoga and learning how to be a a good yoga teacher. Um, Through health coaching, I learned different ways of coaching and working with people and supporting them. And then podcasting became this incredible way of sharing that message with more people and getting to connect with people like you, Emily, where I get to learn in real time when we have these conversations. And so it was this really interesting path where I can see now in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, oh, it all connects. It all makes sense. That's how it needed to happen. Even if from the outside, I used to be so concerned about like how it was perceived or what the expectations were of me. Um, and I finally got to a place where I was like, I'm going to follow my heart. (laughs) I'm going to do what's right for me and my family. Um, and I'm just going to see what comes from that. And, and it's just continued to evolve from there in all these beautiful ways. And so it's been a circuitous route. 
and it's funny to me that I'm back in Gettysburg, back where like this whole journey really started for me. Um, but I'm, I feel so content in my soul, which is a really mm-hmm. cool place to be. I love that you bring up the specific fact of like being able to pinpoint what parts of all of these different seasons of your life uniquely qualified you for what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. Because I see so many women who are like, oh, I can't do that thing because I, I don't have this credential or I've never done that or I've never done that. Or they look back at the things they have done and they're like, oh man, I wish I would have done things differently. And I think that our journeys are so a integral, obviously an integral part of what sets us up to uniquely do what we feel like we're meant to do. You know, I was speaking at a local CEO program. I think I've shared this on the podcast, but I was, you know, talking about my business and the things I was doing, which is very abstract for a group of high schoolers to understand. <laughs> like, what is a podcast? What is a life coach? Yada, yada, yada. And one of the guys raised their hand and they're like, oh, well, knowing what you know now, don't you wish you would have gotten a business degree? And I'm like, no, not at all. I, t- I took a couple of business classes in college. They were terrible. I now know in my business, I outsource the things I learned in those classes. But that was not the trajectory that would have ever made sense for me. Like, you know, I was an elementary school teacher and then I worked in the nonprofit space. And every single piece of those jobs, I'm still using now just in an entirely different way. And so I think when we reframe, the evolution of where we've been and how it prepares us for where we're going. It can be such a beautiful journey. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's this really important, like the word you use reframe is so important. And I know you and I both could nerd out about mindset all the time. Right. And what I like to think about so often we get, we can get stuck. I should say I can get stuck in perfectionism, right. Mm -hmm. And analysis paralysis and all of those things. And it makes you afraid to try something new because you're like, well, what if I show up and I'm not perfect at it right off the bat? Like, of course you won't be perfect at it right off the bat. And so we have this fear of failure and it keeps us stuck. And I think this beautiful thing can happen where when you look back in the past, it wasn't wasted time, right? It wasn't like you shouldn't have majored in business, right? Because that didn't light you up. And so like Mm -hmm. you get to look back and you get to say like, no, that wasn't a mistake. That wasn't a failure, here are all the things I learned from that that I'm going to pull forward. And sometimes more importantly, here are the things I experienced that I'm going to leave there that I'm like, I actually, I don't want that in my life anymore for whatever reason. And so it's like you have a quiver of arrows. And from each experience, you just get to choose which arrow you add to that quiver. And you're like, okay, now I'm prepared. Um, Like, what am I going to use these for? Right. And so in that way, it's never a failure. You're gathering from these experiences and that's a positive thing. And so yeah, you're exactly right. Like sometimes from the outside in, it's like, what, how did you end up here? And it's like, no, this makes total sense to me. (laughs) Right, right. And I love that you, um, you know, thinking back to that office, being like, okay, this is good. I'm doing work that I kind of like. It has some meaning to it, but something's not quite right. I can identify multiple moments in previous careers where I felt that and then was like, okay, but shove that back down because I'm an Enneagram three and I need to do what I'm doing really well, right? And I think that can be so paralyzing when we don't know what what else is to come. Like I remember in the classroom having that feeling, being like, well, I don't know what else I would do besides teach. So mm-hmm. I love that that you were open to exploring that. And sure, you are not teaching yoga anymore, 
or maybe you are, but that's not like the bread and butter of yeah. the, the business. Mm-hmm. But it was a stepping stone along the journey. And I think so often, like you mentioned, this analysis paralysis, that perfectionism, we we get so hyper focused on, well, if I'm going to leave my current situation that feels safe, that feels like everything I've ever worked for, that used to be the dream job, then I for sure need to have it all figured out before I do something else, because otherwise mm-hmm. it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. And it's like, well, maybe, or maybe it's taking the next right step that's in front of you. And then that's going to lead to the next right step. Like you said, you went from yoga to people starting to ask you about 101 to, you know, doing a lot of different things to your family to now, you know, following down the trajectory to get where you're at now. There is no way you could have been sitting in that office being like, you know what? I think <laughs> that tomorrow I'm going to start a podcast. Like it it just wouldn't have made sense. Oh yeah. And like like baby Kate back in 2014, if I had been like, okay, you're going to go host a summit for hundreds of women. You're going to create a, a masterclass. You're going to have a digital course. You're going to have a group coaching program. You're going to have a one-on-one coaching program. Oh, and a podcast. I would have been like, who? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's crazy, right? But yeah. like you have to build your confidence muscle like mm. one task at a time. And for me in this season of life, like I started my podcast my youngest was 10 months old and I literally learned, I like bought a course, of course, because I'm like a total research nerd and it was a PDF course and I would hold it up on my phone and I would learn how to start a podcast while nursing him to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And so like my entire journey, especially since having kids has been, what is one small step I can take today that moves me in the direction of what I'm hoping to achieve or create for myself? Like what is the feeling I am working towards and how can I do something today to support that. So for me, the feeling is freedom. I want to be able to work from home. I want to be able to be the mom that can go on field trips without, I want to be my own boss, I guess is like what I really wanted. And so what is one thing I could do today that moves me closer to achieving that goal of passive income, of coaching clients, right? All the different things and giving yourself permission to start small. My husband always tells me like, brick by brick. Like when I get like 10 steps down the road and I'm like, why am I not there yet? He's like, brick by brick, babe, you have to build it brick by brick. And so giving yourself permission to be in a season of slow growth for me, that's Mm -hmm. been like the last three years, but there's something really beautiful in, in slowing down and trusting yourself to take the next right step. And then feeling that confidence muscle build each time that you're like, oh, Hey, I showed up and I did that. And like, I think it went really well, (laughs) you know, and then you're like, what else could I do from there? Right. It's like, it's like the runner who like, I've been a runner my whole life, very slow, very, but slow and steady is my, (laughs) is my jam. It's like the runner that does a 5k and they're like, that was pretty cool. Maybe I'll do a 10k. And then they're like, maybe I'll do a half. And then they're like, I think I'll do a full marathon. Sure. You know, it's, you build that muscle over time. Which also sounds like the most insane thing ever if you're not a runner. Um, (laughs) So I went from being literally the opposite of a runner to running a half marathon and then like 30 miles in a weekend for St. Jude. And it's like, I remember people being like, yeah, you just, as soon as you can run a mile, then all of a sudden you feel like you can run three and then you feel like you can run six. And I'm like, you are out of your mind. (laughs) But I think it's so transferable to those bigger goals. Because at Mm -hmm. one point in time, running one mile around the track Mm -hmm. made me feel like I was going to collapse. (laughs) And then you do it and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, maybe I can do a little bit more and maybe I can do a little bit more. And 
you might not even know what the half marathon means. You know, if you're in fear translating this, this visual to something else, you may not even know that the half marathon exists yet, but you're starting where you're at and like, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? Okay. I, I did that. And that felt impossible a week, a month, a year ago, and now I'm here. So what comes next? What comes next? What comes next? And I, I know you talk a lot about habits too, and that's where I've seen my habit challenge help women completely reframe the way they understand what's possible for themselves. Mm-hmm. It starts as simple as drinking water or going on a walk, but then it's like, I did that. And I didn't think that I could. And 82 days later, here we are. Mm -hmm. And then it's like along the way, we're also undoing things like perfectionism. We're learning how to stand back up and try again. We're learning how to recognize when something's not serving us. So we pivot Mm -hmm. and we try something different. And then all of a sudden it's like, again, I I, I like thinking uh, in in content, what else can I do? (laughs) Like once you build that muscle and then the possibilities are endless and then all of a sudden you wake up three years later with a podcast. (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh, like three years ago, me would have never seen this coming. But Mm -hmm. every step of the way I kept moving forward towards what felt good or what was an interesting challenge or what piqued my passion or who I got connected to. And that's mm-hmm. how we move along a journey while letting go of the expectation we have to have it all figured out on step one. Yeah. Oftentimes I feel like I'm building an airplane that's already flying is like the best way to describe Like when I take on a new challenge, I think it's James Clear in Atomic Habits. He talks about trying things that are like 4% outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not going to go hike Everest tomorrow, right? But maybe I could go for a four-mile walk. That is like just outside my comfort zone. And so for me, it's just been this process of like, I love how you share like what you just shared because it's so important to remember that we're not doing these like 180-degree shifts, right? We're implementing drinking water. We're implementing moving our bodies from a place of joy, right? We're implementing – like I recently just hosted my first summit. And that was something that was like on my heart to do. It made my palms a little sweaty to think about. It gave me the butterflies. But I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I could do this. Like if I get the right coach, if I have the right tools and support, I think I could do this. And then you rise to the level of it, right? You implement the the habits to get you there and you rise to that challenge. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about habits, right? And as you start adding these, these positive habits and oftentimes too, it has this tendency to to push out the habits that are less desirable, right? Because if you're drinking enough water each day, you probably can't drink all that coffee or diet soda or whatever it is, right? (laughs) Like if you're taking the time to go for the walk, maybe you're not like going like doom scrolling down your phone because like you're outside and you're like saying hi to your neighbors or you're enjoying the birds singing, you know, whatever it is. And so these habits can be, there's so much power in these small shifts, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's always my biggest encouragement is like, start small and start where you are and just like focus on yourself. Don't worry about what, you know, your neighbor's doing or that person on social media, like be inspired Mm -hmm. by people, allow them to like pull you forward and encourage you, but release that desire to compare and just take that next right step. Like you said, it's always just that next right step. Yeah. There's so much value in meeting yourself where you're at. I think Mm -hmm. it's so easy to copy and paste what someone else is doing or what habits look like for them or business looks like for them or motherhood or anything. And it's like, where are you at today? And what does growth look like 
right where you are, not where you were in college, not where you were before you had babies, not where you were in a different career. Like, where are you at today? And how does that align with where you want to go? And then what small shifts can you make along the way to get to that place from a place of from a place of joy, from a place of love, from a place of feeling good about yourself, the process, and the whole journey? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Hey, friends, I'm going to be totally honest. In the past four months, my habits have gone out the window. Pregnancy be humbling like that sometimes. But now that I'm starting to feel like a functional human again, I am so ready to get back to the things that I know make me feel physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and strong, which is why I am jumping into a new round of You Do You 82. You Do You 82 is a habit challenge where you get to choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection for 82 days. This challenge is 1000% free and anyone can start anytime. However, I know it's always more fun when we do something like this together. I'm jumping in within the next couple of weeks and I think you should too. If you are ready to bring some intentionality into your life and truly take care of you throughout this summer, I invite you to join us. Tap the link in today's show notes to download your free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook today. Whether or not you've done this before or anything like it, I believe that any time is a good time to invest in yourself. There's no need to compare yourself to where you've been, where you wish to be, or what anyone else around you is doing. This is for you exactly where you're at today. Again, you're going to tap the link in today's show notes, head to youdou82.com to get started. I am so ready. Let's do this. I know this is your interview, Emily, but I'd love to know what are a couple (laughs) – I can't help myself. What are a couple of those small habits for you that have been really foundational in like creating some of those shifts or things that you're just like, yeah, this just feels really good? Yeah. So my journey with habits has been really interesting, especially over the past year. So my initial journey with habits and health and personal growth started in – fall of 2019. And that's where I started to understand what it looked like to drink water or move from a place of joy or like actually nourish my body versus focusing on like a diet or anything like that. It's when I learned about goal setting and gratitude and whatnot. So that very much became part of who I am and the conversations that I was leading on social media, specifically for women in rural communities. And something that I've been like a total diehard for. And then at the end of last year, I hit a point, and without going into too much detail, because let's be honest, there's a lot of podcast episodes on this. For anyone who is new to the show, (laughs) scroll on back to October, November, December, January for more on this, where I recognized it was time for me to start therapy. And I was in the process of a healing journey where I was processing trauma and really coming to untangle and understand parts of myself that I had, I don't want to say been ignoring, but just like hadn't really looked in the mirror at and parts of my past and parts of who I was and why I did the things that I do. And it's interesting because in a season like that, or in my first trimester from you know February until recently, it's like I knew 
I know more than the average person what difference habits can make. Mm-hmm. And always advocated for you know, building strong habits. So in the hard seasons, like you can fall back on that and it can keep you aligned. But when you're in a season like that, like, first of all, it like ignited a shame spiral in myself of like, I know better than this. I should, I should be going on a walk. I know that would make me feel better. I should be recording my gratitude. Like that would improve my mindset, but it was like, God love my like coach that I'm a mastermind in. He was like, Emily, you really like moving your body and going on runs and walks. Like maybe that would help. And I think I looked at him like, go get freaking bent. <laughs> like, and he did, it was like with the best of intentions, right? And so that six or seven month time period gave me such a deeper understanding, I think, of the human experience in general. And just how sometimes you have that meeting myself where I was at in that season was like, like, it sounds dramatic to say survival mode, but like, it was what I needed to do to get up, to take a shower, to take care of my kids, to show up in my business the way that I needed to, to, you know, be a semi-functional person who was also processing all of these things. And then within the last four weeks, I have like, reawoken. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I finally feel like I could come up for air and I'm like, it's time. And so I restarted um, this habit challenge that I created back in, in 21 and, you know, really looked at like, what do I need? I need to take care of my physical health. I need to take care of my mental health. And there are some things I'd like to do to nurture my business. So right now I'm focusing on water and being outside and walking every day and not scrolling social media, but being consistent with showing up and posting and getting back in the habit of my gratitude practice and things like that. And to no one's surprise, I feel so much better. (laughs) Like this is not shocking to anyone, (laughs) myself included, but it's been such a powerful experience for me to Mm -hmm. like understand that there are times where we do feel a certain way and we want to feel a different way so we can be really intentional on that. And there are sometimes that meeting ourselves where I'm at is like hanging up that coat on the hook for a minute and being like, what I need right now is to focus on this and know that the only way through it is through it. Mm -hmm. And there will be a better tomorrow, but like, I can't keep pretending this doesn't exist anymore. Because my natural tendency would have been like, it's fine. I can do it all. I can grind harder. I can drink all the water. I can still work out. No, that is not what my body needed. And so that was tremendous growth to be able to say, mm-hmm. I have to take a step back and I need to focus on this really hard inner work. Mm-hmm. And then I need to be asleep because I'm in my first trimester. <laughs> so anyway, I don't. I think the question you originally asked is like, what does building habits look like? But right mm-hmm. now it's like, rebuilding habits that mm-hmm. used to be so second nature to me, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, And I know that there will be another day if I want to, I can train for a half marathon. I know that there will be another day that when I want to, I can do a bajillion different things. But right now, what's the most important is getting back to basics of what makes me feel physically, mentally, emotionally centered and strong and healthy and focusing on that. Yeah. How about I you? Love- I love that. Yeah. Well, I love what you said because it's so much about the seasonality of life, right? So for me, funnily enough, I'm also like going back to the basics because I'm coming out of a season of just about a year ago, my brother passed away and Mm -hmm. he got, he was sick uh, with pneumonia and he passed away in the ICU about Mm -hmm. a month later. 
And it was a really traumatic experience. And she's only 18 months younger than me. So we were, we grew up together. And it was, um, I, afterwards, I fell into this like sneaky depression. And I, and it's in my experience when I've had two depressive episodes, I didn't really realize it mm-hmm. until I started to feel a little better. I was like, oh, that was not good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this time my, my brother passed in June. And then one of our very best friends, my son's godfather, passed away in an accident in September. And so it was like these two big compounded things. And so by November of last year, I I was like, oh, I'm not in I'm not in a great place. And it was the same thing. It was like just getting up and getting through the day was so hard. And things that normally wouldn't be really hard for me felt so hard. Like keeping up with our laundry, doing yes. the dishes, right? Like mm-hmm. these really foundational things were so hard. And so I, you know, I talked to somebody and I got help. And I, for the first time in my life, I started on a low dose antidepressant because I was like, I, I am struggling and I'm not showing up as the person I want to be for myself, the mom I want to be for my kids, the partner I want to be for my husband, right? And when I finally started to come out of that fog of depression, and I, I remember having a day where I felt like I woke up again. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like, did you know that the sun shines? This is it's amazing. Like, it's like someone turns on an on switch and you're like, Oh, I feel so much better. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And so for me, that that really happened only about four or five months ago. And so as you're sharing that experience of your own, I identify with so much of that because when you're in that season of survival, mm-hmm. you you have to just you you're making it through the day. And that is like today, what did I do? I made it through today, right? Like, and the only way out is through, like you said. And, and that was exactly my experience too. And so as I'm coming out of that now, um, starting in January, I really focused on like sleep. I was like, I got to get good sleep. I, like my four-year-old is a very aggressive cuddler. He sneaks into my bed in the middle of the night. Like I still haven't quite gotten him to stop doing that, but it is what it is. But I was like, I'm going to go to bed earlier. Like if my sleep's going to be interrupted, I'm just going to go to bed earlier. And so I started a nighttime routine. And that's been so helpful. And I focused on that for two full months. I was like, I needed 60 days to like really reinforce that with myself, get out of the bad habits of just like, I mean, I love watching a good movie or binging a couple episodes on Netflix, but I was staying up too late. I was on screens too much. Like it just wasn't nourishing for me. Mm -hmm. And so I like started to let that go. And I started leaning into journaling practices and meditation and I'm doing watercolors again at night, right? So I have this evening routine. So that was the first two months of the year. And then ever since then, I've been really focusing on hydrating like we've been talking about. And for me, it's been this daily movement because I'm the same way. Movement has always been something that really helps me. I'm also an Enneagram 3 and like (laughs) I feel like there's so much in my brain all the time. (laughs) And, And movement, physical movement helps me like it is more helpful for my physical or my mental and my emotional health than it even is for my physical health, right? And 1000%. Yeah. <laughs> and so just and so I've been focusing on that movement piece and for a while I gave myself permission to be like just do what feels good, right? If that's going for a walk, if that's doing yoga, if that's like laying on your yoga mat in shavasana that day, like what does that look like? And just in the last like 10 days I started running again and so I've just been doing like a minute of running and a minute of walking over and over and over again. And we got a puppy about a year ago. Um, so I'm training her to be my running buddy. And so that's just been like, it's been bringing me so much joy. And so that's the habit that I'm leaning into is just like the movement, the sleep, the water. And it, it's exactly right. It's amazing how much better you feel when 
when you pour into yourself in those ways. And then it reminds you like, hey, I'm I'm worthy of investing mm-hmm. energy and time or maybe even financial resources in. And it feels so good to be like, oh yeah, I matter. <laughs> and like, yeah. and I and I'm the only person responsible for caring for me and loving me really well. And so yeah, it's just it's been a good season of like starting those those basic mm-hmm. habits again and seeing how they then they create this like virtuous cycle, right? Where you're yes. like, I'm drinking water. I'm drinking less coffee. I feel better. I'm eating foods that bless my body. I'm going to bed at a good time. I'm moving my body again, right? Like yes. it all moves you up, which is nice. And it's and I think though sharing the stories that you and I just did is so important for anybody who's listening who's like, oh yeah, I'm in that hard season. And to know that like there's usually like there's an end to it. And you move through it and you get support and you talk to the people you need to talk to and you you ask for help. And to know that there's an other side of it, I think is so important because sometimes when you're in that season, it just feels like it's it's never ending. Yeah. And I think it's really hard when you, I put this in air quotes, which you can't see, <laughs> but <laughs> like when you know better and then mm-hmm. not only are you already struggling for whatever hard thing you're going through, but then you're like double shaming yourself and that's not serving you either. And that's something I really grappled with because it's like, I know this so in my bones, but I just can't. And so it was very much a lesson in, in meeting yourself where you're at, which I've said, and, and just really understanding what you need. And like you said, that it's, that it's a season, everything has a season. And so then there's this interesting line between like, staying stuck for lack of a better word. Uh And then like making the choice to, I feel like you and I had similar like light bulb moments of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the sun is shining. (laughs) I can do this again. And so now I actually can make that choice to do the things that I know make me feel my best. So I love Mm -hmm. that we went this direction because it's just not something I would have understood in the same way a year ago. And so was it hard? Yeah. But I think most people who have been through a lot of hard things will say, it has taught me so much and a lot of lessons I didn't ask for, but you know, I have a deeper understanding of the world and humanity and myself on the other side of it. So it is beautiful to be on the other side of hard and know when it comes again, be a little bit more prepared for, mm-hmm. for what that season looks like. So yeah. Friend, I am so giddy excited to announce that my next Ascend Retreat for Rural Women will be held this March 14th through 17th on the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You heard that right. Not only are we in for a weekend of profound life change surrounded by like-minded women from small towns, rural communities, and farms from all over the country and beyond, But we get to engage in small group conversations, one-on-one coaching, incredible workshops while overlooking white sand beaches and listening to crashing waves. Just imagine waking up in the morning and sipping coffee on the beach while engaging in meaningful conversations with women who truly get you. What would it be like to be in a room where you don't need to feel self-conscious about your personality or your quirks because you are wildly accepted for exactly who you are today. Just think about the energy that will be in this space as you dig deep, ask the hard questions, and figure out what you really want in this season of life, career, or business. If you're in a place where you feel like you've checked all of the boxes in life, 
but honestly feel like something is missing. Or maybe you've kind of lost yourself through motherhood, career, or transitioning back to the farm, and you can't really imagine what comes next, but know that there's something that's meant for you. Or honestly, if you just need a kick in the pants jumpstart to begin the trajectory of bringing your crazy dreams to life, this is the retreat for you. Space is limited to 15 attendees and spots will fill fast. There are flexible payment options available to fit your lifestyle and budget for over the next year. For more information or to reserve your spot, tap the link in today's show notes. I absolutely cannot wait to welcome you into the Ascend community and welcome you into an experience that I know for certain will change your life. See you in Gulf Shores. I know one thing that you talk about, which I think is really interesting, is like making your decisions based on your core values, mm-hmm. um, whether that's related to habits or business or life or relationships or goals or whatnot. So I'd love if you could speak a little bit more into that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love core values. <laughs> I, I, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so core values to me provide a guiding light to use when you're making decisions. So by that, I mean my some of my core values, my family, relationships, like with my, my community, the women I coach, like supporting other women, like that sense of community and being a leader within that community. Joy is like a really Mm -hmm. big one for me and adventure. And, and my husband's gone through the, the process of like kind of defining his own core values and both of us, family and adventure are really big for us. Right. So when we make decisions as a family, we're like, okay, well, for example, like, would he take a job where he has to work 80 hours a week? Probably not because it's going to impact family, right? And and we really value time together. And in that way, having that core value makes it so much easier to make decisions because you it's the lens through which you view your decisions. And so for me, if community is really important to me and I'm faced with a decision of like, oh, you could go do X, Y, or Z, but you won't be able to nurture your community if you do that. It makes it really easy to be like, well, thank you, but no thank you, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, like my my physical health and wellness is a core value for me. And and like we just said, you know, sometimes that ebbs and flows in the season that you're in and how you are, are able to show up for yourself in that season. But it makes it easy to be like, okay, do I want to set a, a physical health and wellness goal for myself? Do I want to go run a 5K and commit to training for it? Um, well, if I if health and wellness is a core value for me, probably, right? If I feel up to it, right? If it feels in alignment in that season. But for some people, a core value might be freedom. It might be creativity is a big one for people. It might be purpose. It could be, I mean, there's so many different core values. Um, I actually think that not to like quote James Clear again, but he has a really great article on his website. Um, And it's just a list of core values. But here's a really important thing with core values is at least when I teach core values, I think that we should really only have like three to five because anything more than that, like if everything's important, nothing's important. And you'll read a list of core values and you're like, these are all great things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like you can't go wrong, really. Like if you're looking at a list of core values or you're tuning in with your heart and your soul, that's where you start. But like it can't be you can't be 20 things long, right? Because we right. can't prioritize that many things. But getting down to three to four to five. When I teach it, I use like a Venn diagram, you know, like when you're a kid and it's like three circles that overlap. And so typically when I do this exercise, like I'll have three main core values and then like three little core values where the circles overlap. And those are usually because 
some of those, th- some of those core values kind of overlap. They're kind of related. And then once you have those core values established, it allows you when you set goals to be like, okay, what is a goal that's in an alignment with these core values, right? And and sometimes there are seasons where we're less balanced. Maybe we're leaning less into one core value than another. And that's okay because life is seasonal. But having them as a general guiding light is so helpful. And then it just makes – like I can – I used to be able to overthink a decision. Like nobody's – like, oh my gosh, I could overthink anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but with core values, it's it just has given me so much freedom to just feel like – to feel comfortable saying no to things that I'm like, this is great, but it's not for me. And yeah. and to feel really content in that. Right. Or it's not for me right now. Like exactly. Maybe another time. Yeah, I know. Um, I've gone through a core values exercise and we had like little cards and it's so hard because you're like, you almost feel bad putting one in the no pile because you're like, oh, I should want that. But then that's a really powerful, as soon as your brain says, I should mm-hmm. want that, or I should align with that, or I should that should be a priority. Anytime where that should word pops into our head, that's a big red flag. Yes. But it's so hard because you're like, ooh, you almost feel like, you know. Like naughty. <laughs> um, yeah. But then when you really do get down to it, and like you said, that like three to five, that mark, it's like those are really your guideposts yeah. for your life and the goals that you set in your future. And, you know, I, I love that you talk about filtering that decision-making process. Like, who is telling me that this is important? Is this something that I feel like I should be doing because everyone else is doing it or because someone in my family holds value to it? Or I was taught as a little girl that this was supposed to be important to me or that this is my spouse's priority or whatnot. And so when you get really clear on what your guiding principles or core values are, then it becomes a lot easier to say like, it's like the, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. Yes. Um, which is so <laughs> hard, especially for those of us who are undoing years of people pleasing uh-huh. and gold star chasing and A plus. Oh, yeah. I know I know it's not just Enneagram threes that struggle with some of this, but I know that if you're an Enneagram three, you for sure have done some work to oh, undo yes. that. <laughs> it's interesting because it's one of those things that like, it feels, it seems like it'd be restricting, but it's also mm-hmm. like. There's freedom in knowing exactly what you want and then living fully into that instead of the expectations or the shoulds of anyone else. Mm -hmm. Because those shoulds are so heavy and you're never going to make everybody happy. And so when I finally realized like, oh, my only responsibility truly is to listen to my own heart as long as I'm not like to anyone else's detriment, right? Like I'm not hurting anybody, but I'm listening to my heart and it's supportive of my family and my, my partner and my kids. Like, that's what's most important to me. Like, does it matter so much what that person on Facebook thinks or like, you know, mm-hmm. like being able to just release some of that weight that we carry around the shoulds of or like expectations of others mm-hmm. is just so freeing. Uh, and it's not to say that you don't care, but it's just to say that like you care most about what you think. And there's mm-hmm. something really beautiful in that. It's so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. So one thing I ask every guest who comes on this show is what does personal growth mean to you? Mm, Oh, I love this question. Well, when I was a kid and people ask you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) I was like, I want to be a student. And they were like, do you mean a teacher? I was like, no, I just want to be a student. Like just want to learn. I just want to be in school my whole life. (laughs) And so for me, personal growth is this opportunity as an adult to still be like a student of life, to be Mm -hmm. 
reading books that are fiction, but to be reading books that are like personal growth oriented, right? That are working on my mindset or my self-love practices or my journaling or creativity. Um, So to me, personal growth is like, it's one part creating awareness of myself and others and learning how I interact with the world, how my past experiences might impact that, how I can show up as a more present and patient and hopefully like better person in the future while also still loving who I am right now and like appreciating all my past experiences because it brought me here, right? Not shaming myself or shooting myself, but just finding that contentment and that joy in the day to day while still growing into the future. And so, yeah, that's what personal growth means to me. It means getting to be a student forever. (laughs) Mm, Mic drop. Okay. You brought this (laughs) up. So I'm going to say, while I was creeping you, I saw that you also read Akatar. So we're going to talk about this journey for a second because so good. The, the way that I got into this was via therapy <laughs> because my therapist goes, Emily, like, what do you like to do for fun? Like, what could you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? I'm, she, I'm like, oh, she's like, do you like to read? I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, what kind of books do you like to read? I list off every personal growth book I've read in the last three years. And she's like... <laughs> So um, you read for fun. That's actually related to your job. That's not the same. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> She's like, maybe try reading fiction. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> but why? <laughs> but why? And so my college roommate, or I put up on my Instagram stories, like, what fiction books do people read? And my college roommate was like, called me, and she goes oh my gosh, I just went through a really hard time and this book series was the best, pulled me out of it. And I debated ordering this book (laughs) series like I was picking diapers for my newborn. Like, (laughs) what is this? What's it about? I read the first, like three quarters of the first book, the first night. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, but I kind of like it. Like, Uh I don't really know. Anyway, I am full down the rabbit hole. I've read everything in the Sarah J. Moss yes. universe. I now have a Kindle. I'm reading all the fantasy romance on Kindle Unlimited. I am living my best life. I have absolutely no chill. I cannot just read one <laughs> chapter at a time. It's like I start a series and it's all I do for four days. Like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you reading? Because oh my If it's on Kindle Unlimited, I'm putting it on my DVR and reading it this weekend. Well, you are my people. We've just become best friends. Yeah. So I, it's so funny. So I started reading the Akatari series in February of this year and I read all the, all five that are out within like, I think two months and, and I hadn't really been reading fiction up to that point. And it was right when I was coming out of that depressive episode, I was starting to feel better. And I was like, I need something that's fun. That's like, yeah, where I'm not taking notes in the margin because I want to talk about it on a podcast episode. Right. (laughs) And I was like something just for me. And it's not on a, like, it's not on a TV. Like, and I was like, okay, it's time. And I had had friends suggest it for years. I'd heard other podcasters talk about it years ago. And yeah, I started reading it and I was like, I mean, the last podcast call I was on, I just bonded with the other hosts because I had, I have an Akatar t-shirt and she was like, she was like, is that from uh, Akatar? And it's like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. Yeah. Yes. So I'm also, I just started the last book in the Throne of Glass series, with, oh. which is another Sarah J. Maas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like eight books long, I think, but it is, mm-hmm. it is so good. And I'm so nerdy. Or you'll appreciate this, Emily. I buy the, I have the physical book. Uh-huh. And then I also buy it on Audible. So that way, when I go for a run, <laughs> I can listen to the book. I have literally texted my college roommate, like, what are the logistics of me 
driving while reading. And she was like, no. And I was like, I know. I know. Yep. That's what I did. And so I was at an airport recently. I was flying home from my sister's college graduation. And I I don't like to eat with my AirPods in. And so mm-hmm. I, I had been listening to the book, I think. And then my food came. And I was like sitting at the bar because I was traveling by myself. So I was just sitting there next to this like random stranger who really liked to talk. And I'm like, I'm listening to a book. Please don't talk to me. And my food comes. And so I take out my earbuds. I pull out the physical book so I can still read and eat at the same time because I just don't like to chew with the earbuds in. And he goes, <laughs> oh, like, what are you reading? And then he was like, what were you listening to? And I was like, I was listening to this book. And he was just like, that is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, well, read Akatar and you'll understand. <laughs> you actually don't want to know what scene I just read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> okay, you may have a t-shirt, but... I bought my college roommate and I'm matching Akatar necklaces. Oh so. my gosh. Love it. Love it. Love it. I am so here for that. <laughs> they're so good. And and I think there's something for those of us who are high achieving goal oriented women where we feel like every minute of the day we have to be doing something optimized, productive, right? Optimized, productive. Those are great things. However, my brain needs a break. And when I started mm-hmm. giving my brain a break and I started letting go of the social scrolling because that's something I've been focusing on recently too. And just like enjoying reading a book. Like it is so good. And now the cutest thing is that I, my boys will ask me to read to them at night. And one night I was like, well guys, like I'm really into this book. Like, do you want me to read it to you? And so of course I like in Throne of Glass, it's a little (laughs) less spicy than Akatar. And so, and I just like, if there's like a word that like, that's not, I just kind of like, you know, I read it in my brain and I just pick back (laughs) up later for them. And so now they're like really into like even more into reading than they were before. And I'm like, how Mm -hmm. cool. Like, you know, they say more is caught than taught. And my kids are totally Mm -hmm. catching the like, oh, reading is fun. Reading is good for you. And my brain feels so much better, like giving it a break and being like, I'm just going to read or listen to something for fun. And like, yeah, it's brought me no end of joy. I love that you're enjoying it too. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, like therapy also gave me an ADHD diagnosis, which makes the whole world Mm -hmm. make sense. And like the only time my brain is quiet is when I'm asleep or when I'm reading those kind of books. Like that is it. And so, yeah, same thing. It gave me a total reframe around what was a productive use of time because yeah, I'm an optimizer. If I'm on a walk, I'm listening to a podcast. Obviously Uh, every part of my life had been set up for some sort of productivity, like achievement, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, we're moms, we're multitasking. We're doing 800 things at once. But when I just sit and read, it's like, yes, everything gets quiet. (laughs) It's amazing. It is the best. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm. And so after this, I'm going to start Crescent City. Which is just in time for the new book to come out because by then I should be caught up and then I'm going to be out of Sarah J. Moss books and you're going to find me in a corner like crying. (laughs) No, no, no. You will text me and I will tell you every favorite series I've gotten into (laughs) since I cried over finishing all the Sarah J. Moss books. I, I got it. you. It's a I date. Got you. I got I got recommendations. Because, <laughs> but to your point, like, I love that my kids are seeing me read mm-hmm. instead of scroll my phone or yeah. instead of working. And not to say, like, to say that them seeing me working isn't important in its own way, but, like, they're seeing me do something just because I enjoy it. And you know, I was an elementary school teacher. I want nothing more than my kids to love reading. Mm -hmm. And so now here they are at four and six and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, 
oh, I'm reading. And they're like, they think my Kindle's an iPad. I'm like, it's not an iPad. It's <laughs> not playing it's the game. Just, it's just a book. And they're like, what? And so they're they're like, you can read any book in the world. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's so cool. So yes. anyway, anyway. Okay, Kate, where can our listeners come and find you, get connected to your circle and all the great things you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. This has been so much fun. I feel like I just spent the last hour catching up with like my bestie that I haven't seen in the longest time. So thank you. Yes. So um, my website is where everything is housed. It's misskatehouse.com. There's another Kate House in the world and she has katehouse.com. So mine is misskatehouse, M-S-Kate.com house spelled just the way you think it is. Uh, That's also my Instagram handle. And then my podcast is the live by design podcast um, hosted by me, Kate house. And Emily is one of our upcoming guests as well. You'll get to tune into that episode. We're gonna have so much fun together. Um, Yeah. So those are all the places to connect with me and a special gift for your listeners. If this idea of like leaning into your purpose of living with intention resonates with you. I have a course called the pursue your purpose masterclass. And if you guys want to use coupon code gather in growth, and you'll be able to get the it's a 97 court some $97 course, but I'd love to give it to everybody for mm-hmm. free. Because um, it's just I just want as many women as possible to lean into living with intention and to destigmatize the big word of purpose and to just give mm-hmm. yourself permission, like we talked about today to just take the next right step. So that's my gift for all of you. And just as a big thank you for having me here today. I love that you mentioned that there's so much pressure wrapped up in what's your purpose? What's your gosh? So I like to say like living life on purpose Mm -hmm. more than trying to find your purpose. Because when I think about like I was living my purpose when I was a classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. I was also doing it when I was a program director at the Y. I'm also doing it now. And so if I had put too much pressure on like having to stay true to my purpose, I would still be in a situation that I had outgrown. And so now now when it comes to habits or goals or anything with intentionality, it's like more, what does it look like to do things on purpose? Exactly. And that like, it can change and like, you can change. And like, that's a really great thing. So like, let's acknowledge that and that you don't have to know exactly what you want to be for the rest of your life. Because like, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years or 10 years, but like, I can trust myself to take the next right step. (laughs) It's going to be great. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. I can't wait to uh, see you over on your show. Yes. Thank you so much, Emily. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing Gathering Growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.